You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome, awesome, awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. This is one of my favorite. So I have two of my amazing team members, Courtney and Gina on today. We talk about the power of self-care and rituals, not only in your own household, but also in dentistry, how it's important, why it's important, and how to do it. If you're a dentist, you never bargained for how emotionally and physically stressful dentistry was going to be. And a big piece of this is you have to take care of yourself so you can give your best energy to things that matter most, which includes your family, your team members, and those relationships. You should listen to this podcast. Well, for, for your own benefit and for your family's benefit. I know you'll enjoy it. So I hope you guys enjoy it and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practice Show podcast. You know, it's like my favorite thing. Well, I mean, one of my favorite things is education with people that are really cool, that are very insightful and a lot of fun to work with. So that's what you're going to get today. So I have two of my amazing team members, Gina and Courtney on, and we're going to be talking about this important subject. It's not only about dentists and dentistry, it's in life in general. Like if you don't take time to exercise and the guilt factor of taking care of yourself, how much better you are for other people when you actually take care of yourself and the challenges that happen with it. So if you don't deal with this, then you don't have any pressures. You don't have any, but I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, I don't care if you're a dental student. I don't care if you're a new dentist. I don't care if you're not a dentist. Everyone struggles with how to best manage their 24 hours and get the most out of it and still care for those people that they love around them. Like children, if you have them, because children never stop. They never stop asking you for things. Dad, 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 dad. What? Like, I don't know. So, <laughs> hey, so I'm going to introduce my guest, Courtney. Gina, thanks for being on. Thanks for having thanks. us, Kirk. Thanks yeah. for having us. Well, you, you don't have a choice because I volunteer, volunteer told you. For no, just <laughs> they do have a choice. I just encourage them. Some of them are like, well, yeah, but you, you're crazy. And I don't know what we're going to be talking about. It's totally cool. So um, I want you guys to introduce yourselves, Courtney, Gina, just give us a little bio on who you are and what you do here at Act Dental before we get into the subject. 
Yeah, I'm Courtney. I'm a coach here with Act Dental. I'm a mom. I'm an army wife. We are based out of Clarksville, Tennessee, which is just a little bit north of Nashville. Um, and I am a hygienist by trade and at my core. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. You left out some details. You do have oh, no. little ones. Okay. Oh, I do. I do. How many? I have two. I have a seven-year-old who just started second grade and okay. a four-year-old who is starting his last year of preschool. So I got him. He's going to stick around one more year before he joins his sister in elementary school. And I start crying (laughs) in the fetal position. (laughs) Yeah. So when we start talking about this, this subject, you guys, as you're listening, you actually have data, you know, data at home that you can use that's applicable to this. And your kids are in the thick of it. I mean, seven and four, that is an important, those are important numbers. So thank you. Gina, tell us your story. My name is Gina. I work in business development here at ACT. I am also a hygienist. I've practiced for many, many years. And then I taught at a dental school here in Michigan as well before joining ACT. I'm in the thick of it as well. I have a brand new six-year-old and a brand new four-year-old. So elementary and wrapping up their last year in preschool So I know all about the importance of finding time and making sure I'm not feeling guilty for, you know, giving myself some self-care. Yeah, absolutely. This is a huge subject, you guys. So just to give you my data points here, my amazing, so my wife and I, 23 years of marriage, we have a 21, we have a 19-year-old, we have a 17-year-old, those are our three daughters, and we also have a 14-year-old boy and uh, all at home. And so... I've, <laughs> I've, I've been part of this, this experiment for a long time and there's new lessons that you learn all the time, but let's talk about the why. Like, uh, so you guys both get to talk to uh, dentists. Now I'll just tell you guys, if you don't know what we do, like the, part of the best practices show here is we're part of a great community. Our core business is we're coaches. So we work with dentists all over the country. And really a lot of the practices we work with are not broken. They're actually really great practices. They've been to Panky, Coys, Dawson, Seattle Study Club, you know, uh, Spear, all those things. And uh, they're, they're just looking to see how they can improve their lives and create a little bit more you know, margin or create a better culture. And so it's fun having these conversations because um, there's always a tremendous insight. So you guys, let's talk about the why first. Courtney, you get a chance to coach a lot of dentists. And Gina, what are some of the things that you hear on your side of things? Who wants to go first? Gina, go ahead. All right. So <laughs> some of the things I hear when I'm talking to the docs are, and let's keep in mind, as you already brought up, Kirk, there's Gender. Gender plays a big part in this. A working mom dentist has some added responsibilities. Dads do too. Those dad docs do too. But let's just talk about the mom side. You know, it takes so much out of us to be a parent. It's amazing. It's fulfilling. It's the best job in the world, but it's exhausting. And then when you wake up to go to work and you spend your day there, I hear those mom docs say to me, I've got nothing left. I still have to prep the dinner when I get home because I didn't do it on Sunday. How do I have the energy from having a long day at work and still have the energy to give my best to my family? Because I want to show up. I'm just really tired and I kind of don't know where to go from there. That's something that I talk to docs about a lot. And I get it. I get it from the sense of, It's taxing, it's exhausting, you're giving it your all and you wanna have more fuel in the bank, but you just don't have anything left. How am I now gonna make time 
when I don't even, you know, want to make dinner, how am I going to go spend some time to go read a book or go for that run now too? How do I do it? It's a good question. And Courtney, on your side of things, as you're talking to not only dentists, but, you know, from your perspective, what do you hear? Yeah. So same, same thing as Gina, where you our our teams and our, our doctors that we work with, they have so much, they feel so pulled and so dictated by the needs of the practice that they get caught up in it and they get overwhelmed by it. And rightfully so. It's hard to be a business owner. It's hard to have people, you know, with you that you trust to help fuel your business forward. But to Gina's point, at the end of the day, when you go home, if there's nothing left in the tank, you don't have the energy for your family. You definitely don't have the energy for self-care, for doing the things that you want to do. So one thing that we do as coaches is help them find the balance. How can you be 100% present at work, 100% present at home and present for yourself? Because if you're not present for yourself, you can't show up in either facet of, of business or personal. Absolutely. And so another thing that comes up is the word guilt. So as I'm male, so from a female perspective, maybe we can both talk about our, our, our levels of guilt. And you hear that. I mean, Sarah and I, she's like, there's a guilt factor that happens when you start to take care. Can you explain what that is from your perspective? Yeah, definitely. So I, I find that what makes me feel great in self-care is fitness. I feel 100% guilty when I do anything after my working hours because the, the kids are gone. I'm, I'm work, work, working all day. Now I'm done and they're home and I feel compelled to give them all of my energy. What, whatever I have left, I want to be present for them. But there are nights when I leave and I have to go teach a, a, a fitness class or I sometimes leave to go take one. And I will tell you, the guilt is real, but I love it. <laughs> if, I don't, if I don't do that for me, I am not there for them. I, I can't, I need a little me to give more to them and to my career and to the people that matter. Maybe the first person listening to this recording will be your husband. Who knows? I, like, I, uh, so I know Sarah's <laughs> going to listen to it, but uh, I think it's just awesome to be authentic about this. And Gina, from your perspective, what's the word guilt mean to you? I couldn't agree more with Courtney. So <clears throat> we um, just recently purchased a tonal. It's a workout device equipment thing that's in my house. So the time that I now have to not worry about changing and driving to the gym and dealing with traffic, I've inherited back. So it's more time for me to just get into the room with the tonal and get out. But what does that mean? I'm feeling guilty that I'm in my own home making the babysitter, my husband, somebody else watch the kids so I can get that me time. So I feel that guilt as well. I totally need it. I get that endorphin release and I'm a happy person. And, you know, my kids and my family feels it too. Kirk, you mentioned that when Sarah would go out running, uh, you were already knowing that it was going to be a great day when she got home. Right. Right. And so like my, a little bit of my journey on this is, so I got involved in triathlons younger and my wife was crazy supportive. So she would push all these kids in the strollers. And like, some people are like, she's 
that's not, I mean, she was incredibly supportive. I did it. She started running and then she was running with her running group on Saturday mornings. And I remember pushing her out of bed saying, you got to go. And she's like, why are, why? I'm like, cause I knew if she left, came back with a little Starbucks in her hand, she was all sweaty and she was giggling with her friends. <laughs> I look at the kids and go, it's going to be a great day because mom took care of herself. Now, we're not in those days. We don't run. She goes to what's called Orange Theory. If you guys are listening, like, you know, it's called OTF. I went one time and I called it WTF because I was like, I can't do this. I got on the rower. I actually almost threw up. I'm like, I'm like, I love exercise, but not like at this level. And I hate the rower. I'm just going to tell you, I hate, like, I'll do anything, but like burpees in a rower back to back to back. And like, that doesn't even sound fun. I, she keeps encouraging me to come back. I'm like, no, she goes, she comes back. And I'm like, what was it? She goes, you know how many splat points I got, which is actually how they measure all the, she's like, oh my gosh, my heart was, I like, how was it? She goes, it was horrible. I go, are you going back tomorrow? She goes, yes. Yep. I'm like, mm-hmm. I think she just likes punishment, but I, I have no idea. I'm like, everybody's got to find their thing, whether it be at night, whether it be a yoga class, whether it be something, you got to find the time and carve it out. Now I will speak to the guilt thing for me. It's the same thing. Like, uh, I found like, I got to find the time. Like, and so for me, it doesn't create a window. I got to make it happen. So I have a Peloton in the basement. I go and I try to get, I, I, I set my clock. I'll tell you guys exactly my schedule. So I go to bed. I try to go to bed exactly at 10. I set my alarm for six and then I'll do an hour, hour, 15, 45 minutes on a Peloton and then some weights. It doesn't always work like that, but I've got it locked in. And so when I come upstairs, the kids are ready to go to, you know, school, whatever, all that kind of stuff. And so I felt like I've completed the hardest part of the day. Now for me, it's not exercise. It's about, it's a lot getting the crazy stuff out of my brain. Cause like all this stuff starts, I have my best ideas. I'm, I'm soaking wet when I'm done. Like I'll often try to hug the kids and they're like, you're so gross. <laughs> but at the same token, you can throw big stress at me. You know, when I don't have the exercise, I, have to take two or three deep breaths when there's something stressed. Now I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. It's all good. So I think, you know, you got to find the time. Wouldn't you agree? That's probably lesson number one. Absolutely. Uh, and you, you said it, you don't or make the time, make you the don't time. find it. You make it, you, you make have it. to carve it out. And I'm a, I'm an early bird um, because maybe because I'm in the season with the kids and they're seven and four and I have to, and I have the guilt after work, right? So I carved the time out before. So Kirk, sort of same as you, I'm in bed by, I try to get bed by 10. It doesn't always work out that way, but my alarm goes off at during the school year five and I am in my garage by 10 after, maybe quarter after at the latest, because that's my time. No Mm -hmm. feet. I'm not going to hear feet coming down the stairs. Nobody's going to ask me for a snack or if I can change the channel or if I could read a book. It's just me and I can sweat and be raw and real. And same thing when I walk into the house, if they're awake, when I'm done, you know, I'm the one that runs to them, like, give me a hug, I'm ready. And they're like, ew, you're disgusting. No, Yeah. (laughs) but that's that it's so it's important enough to me that I don't mind that early wake up call. I don't mind it at all because I feel so good after it. And it just sets the tone for my whole day. I can tackle the big, you know, team meetings. I can tackle the really hard client issue that's been, you know, festering in my brain for a few days. I'm good. I got it. But if I don't get that time in the morning, I I set myself up for a tough day. Yeah. Gina, find time, make time. What's your thoughts? 
totally. You have to make the time. So my question to both of you is I love working out first thing in the morning because it gives me the energy to fuel my day. But what about for some of those, you know, docs and professionals who can't find the time in the morning? Yeah. So what's I'm your t- advice when I the day t- rolls into it? You're stealing my question. Ah! I love it. So, uh, I was totally tracking that. That was the first thing I was going to. Now, I know if you're listening, you might be a de- your dentist thinking, well, you don't understand. Or if you're a dental professional, even a hygienist or, or an assistant, you're like, you don't understand our office hours. Our doc works until 6 p.m., 7 p.m. Or, you know, God forbid, any hour later than that. And I get it. Like that's, I'm not going to be, we're not going to be able to offer a whole lot of solutions for this. What becomes harder for you in that circumstance is now you really have to work to find time. That's the truth of the situation. What's really true about what we do is that life is life. Um, and one of the things that we do as a coaching company, and this, it becomes even harder in some respect. Like we, I actually do not believe, now you don't have to agree with me. That's why you can listen to other podcasts. I don't think there's a single dental office in the country that has to be open more than eight hours. You can't tell me a reason. And you can come up with a bunch of reasons that you're going to utilize other ops. And I'll show you, I can, we can make more money doing it in eight hours or even seven hours than trying to do it 12 staggered and trying to be available for all patients. We are also a coaching company for dentists that we are not teaching clients to be all things to all, all people. So like, let's get some of the big elements done. Number one, if you're a dentist listening, you want a great life for you and your people, true or false. True, right? You want to work 32 clinical hours and you want your team to work 32 clinical hours. That's number one. Number two, they want to be reasonable hours. So we do teach a lot of dentists to do seven to three straight through, depending on your state laws, you have to comply with those. Eight to five, if you want to take a lunch, I think lunch is like a waste of time for me, but that's something, but no one should ever see a patient after five o'clock. That's number two. What you can do now by getting those two foundational truths together is you can say, I can figure out where to do. There are, I've had Zach Sisler on and he's like, I exercise in the morning. I hate it, but I have a lot of little kids and he works seven to three. Um, and he's like, that's a tough deal for me. I got to get to the gym by five. I got to get back by six, 15. So there is an upside and a downside, you know, so you've got to find the time in there. Now, I got to introduce one more complexity to this because we got to talk about this. The number one marital stress, depending on who you listen to, this has been age old. What's the biggest stress in most households? You know, whether you don't have to be married now, it's like, I got to be politically correct in here because I don't want to disrespect anybody. But if you have a partner, significant other, the number one stress typically in most how is monetary. Do you guys know what number two is depending on who you listen to? This is interesting. Mm. The number two stress in most relationships is division of labor. Who does what? There's a lot of gray now. There's a lot of, now I'm not here to tell you like generationally, but when I was a kid, it was pretty black and white. I'm not saying that's what works now. We have, you know, two partners that are working. There's a lot, there's a lot more to the work environment. So here's my point. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just pointing out that one of the stresses in the Baron household, the number two is definitely division of labor. I thought you were going to do that. You should do that. No, I think the key for us is lack of clarity always leads to conflict. I thought you were going to do that. That's your job. I We've never talked about this. I never knew that it was my job. And so 
is that a, is that a deal for you guys in your own households, like division of labor, who does what? It definitely can be. I think tapping into your your spouse or your partner or your significant other, whoever whoever is you know your companion and is helping you day in day out, tap into that person to find the balance. And it goes back to E minus R. Have the conversation out loud. I know that one of the things that I do, <laughs> someone sends me a text message, I respond in my brain, but I forget to hit send. And then I think I hit send and I think that we're clear, but we're not clear because that wasn't actually an external conversation. Have the conversation out loud. You do dinner because I'm going to go here or right. you, you know, get everybody ready for school and I'll pack lunches and then I'll do this. If you don't clearly outline who's going to do what goes right to communication, then you're, you're just going to have a, a really bumpy, a bumpy day or a bumpy week. I'm very, very fortunate. My, my husband and I have a really, it's not perfect, but he'll, do dinners because I teach at night or because I'm, you know, I'm going to be gone doing something, but we have that, that structure to say, okay, you do this, I'm going to do this and we'll meet here. But it would be a disaster if we didn't talk about it beforehand and just leave it up to assumption. Right. Division of labor and communication in your household, Gina. I absolutely agree. And I love that. My husband, um, when it's the summertime, he works very long and late hours. So it's a little bit dicey depending on when we are in the year based on his career. He's a tennis pro. So he works when people are outside playing and having fun. So I already know that division of labor is not going to be equal. And that's just a part of our relationship. So in the summertime, when he does have an evening off, I know that he actually needs that time to go and clear his mind because he has been working so hard. And keep in mind, my newly six-year-old and newly four-year-old, we're all females in the house. He needs that time just to have that man time. So he does, you know, <laughs> jujitsu, one of the most like combative, testosterone-driven uh, things out there. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> And I know when he comes home, he is so happy. He yeah. loves it. I need it that time. So let's like, you know, divide and also thank our partner. Hey, Abs always ab ask me. Absolutely. Yeah. We yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, I think these are all really, these are powerful, powerful points and learning lessons. I also want to, you know, introduce this. Um, you know, while we all have partners at home, there are people that are listening like, you don't understand, I'm a single mom or I'm a single husband and calling that out. You know, I, as a speaker, I've said this publicly in, in uh, many dental seminars, I could never, ever, 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 ever say to an audience, I totally understand what it's like to be a single parent. It is hard enough to raise a kid by, with help. I can't even fathom how difficult it is to raise a kid or even manage some of that complexity on your own. So I'm just going to say that. I, I mean, high five, and I, I can't even imagine how difficult that is. But I would say this, even in that environment, clarity and communication and division of labor is really important. I know a lot of single mothers that are dentists and they get help and they're not afraid to get help. And they have parents helping them out. They have a nanny helping them out. They have somebody helping you out. And that was going to be my next point is like, 
I'm not ashamed to pay for help. My favorite expense, I've never told you guys this. You know my favorite dollar amount I pay every single week? First, it's $220. I'm, I'm saying this on air. I can't. I, you know, it's because we, it's the, it's the team that comes to clean our houses on Wednesday, our house, our house, not on Wednesday. It's, I, it's worth every dollar. Now we have an option. The $220 option is for the basement. So it's lesser. I always tell her, she's like, should we do the I'm like, pay all 220. I'm happy for it. They are there forever. The house smells amazing. Everyone is happy. Like they clean bathroom floors. They clean toilets. And everybody in our house said, we don't need to do that. We can do it on our own. And I'm like, nope, I'm so happy. So I would say this, you got to find out what you're happy to pay for and just go ahead and do it. Would you guys agree with that piece on the division of labor? You know? Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Taking that time away. And this is kind of going in a different direction, but how about a babysitter? Just so that you can go out on a date to have that self-care with your, your significant other or your girlfriend or your buddies, you know, like bring it in. That's a good use of money in my household. Hey, have you ever heard this one? This is a cliche, but uh, babysitters are cheaper than divorce attorneys and psychiatrists. Have you ever heard that? Like they're much cheaper. And so you're exactly right. And especially if you can get a a babysitter that like actually puts the dishes in the dishwasher, then you're hitting a home run with that one, you know what I mean? (laughs) Type of thing. Or having a set date night. So you're, you're now, as you can see, this isn't always just about working out. It is about, it's about finding the pattern in a week and repeating the pattern. We just completed this book as a team called Atomic Habits. And when you find something that works, you do what's called habit stacking, which you have, you stack habits. Now you're bringing up a hot point here because when the kids were young, we always used to have date night on Saturday night. Now, if you're listening, you know how this works. Your kids are little. Friday, you're fried. Like people would ask me questions and we'd try to go out and do things on Friday. And I'd be like, nope, Friday's for pizza and for the kids. And we're going to go back to the house and just chill. And if we do anything with anybody, they're coming over to our house and then I can tell them to leave. (laughs) Then you sleep in, you run around, do things with your kids all day. And then we had no problem. The kids were younger at like four or five o'clock, hand them off to a babysitter. And we go, yes, we're out. And then Glenn DuPont said this, you know, you have four kids. I said, yes. He goes, well, when do you have date night? I said, Saturday. He said, well, you're going to move that to another night because you don't want to be out drinking when they're out drinking. And I'm like, that'll never happen. And he's like, oh, don't be so sure about that. And I did. I actually, you know, I actually had to pick up a kid in an Uber because we were having a few cocktails. So we now do date night on a different night. Now that's a whole different, I'm getting sidetracked here. But my point is this is like, <laughs> It's, it's a, it's the power of rituals, like finding rituals in a week, whether it be exercise, whether it be, you know, when you start work, like you do, you're going to see all of this goes back to one thing. We got to get some rituals down. And what rituals do is they create neural pathways. You have memories, even when they didn't always happen exactly. You know, my dad, my mom and dad who are still alive, thank God, they forced dinner on us. We were broke growing up. We had no money and we had a tiny you know, circle kitchen table. My dad used to say, no one, and I mean, no one gets up from this table when we're eating together. A week, if the house is on fire, I will put it out, you know, something like that. And we were like, yes, sir. So, um, you know, talk about rituals, in, you know, and patterns in your, your houses and how important this is in this great profession. Yeah. That's so funny that you said that, Kirk. My Dan and I are very much the same way. We grew up, you don't leave the table. If you get up from the table, you're not coming back to the table. But in hindsight, now I grew up as an only child. So I didn't really, and even still to the same, a rule follower. So if the rule was don't get up, 
I didn't get up and I didn't have any siblings around me to, you know, make me want to do that. But now as a parent, when both of us look back, that's the rule. And that time together at the table, it is, it's almost like a resetting of the clock where, okay, you have my undivided attention. Tell me about your day. How was your first day of school? What's your teacher like? Um, when do you have soccer this week? When are we going to cheer? What are you doing? You know, it's just that conversation. There is absolutely no, there's no phone, no phone at the table. Um, TV off, you know, be connected with each other. Now we're imperfect and we don't hold each other. Sometimes the TV is on, I won't lie in my house, but we don't do phones at the table. We are connected to each other. And the, the sense of, you know, harmony that that gives us is so it's invaluable. We, I don't think that we could function without that time together to check in and to just talk and connect. Absolutely. Gina, what are your thoughts on rituals? So one of my rituals to piggyback off of Courtney, Kirk, you taught it to me. How do we connect? We do roses and thorns at the dinner table. Amen, sister. What is roses and thorns? How's it work in your house? Roses and thorns. We all take turns, usually the youngest. It's her idea. And she says, roses and thorns, everybody. And she'll start us off. Her rose that she shares with us is the best part of her day. And the thorn is the part of the day that maybe didn't go so great. Not the worst part necessarily, but something that, you know, maybe it sparks a discussion. So we go all around the table. We all share it. It's the best ritual. When we have guests at our house, we always include them. We explain to them what happened. My kids, they just had their birthdays. On their birthdays, we did roses and thorns. It's an awesome ritual just to get us to connect, open up. I absolutely love it. Thanks, Kirk, for sharing that with my family. Hey, that's not my thing. So Sarah and I went to the Seattle Study Club uh, years ago. I probably, I don't know, so many years ago, and there was a child uh, psychologist, and that was one of the things. We sat in the class together, and I'm like, we're going home. We're going to adopt this immediately. So the why behind it is two things. Number one is your habit stacking. You're taking something that you already do, which is dinner, and you're stacking one more habit on us. And she explained in that class that we took, she said, as kids age, they're going to give you shorter answers to things. And you're going to ask them closed-ended questions, which is, how's your day? And they go, fine. But when you actually introduce a game that there's, the rules are non-negotiable. They have to play. And what they'll do is it'll be an open-ended question. They'll have to think about their answer. Everyone has to listen to their answer. And there's so much great learning. I don't know when I would talk to my kids together if we didn't have meals together. Now, another thing too, like, please don't hear this. The Barron family is perfect. That is not true. Come to my house for a week and you'll like think this, this family needs some help. <laughs> but uh, one of the things, like we just went on vacation. Again, we always go on vacation, another ritual at the end of summer. It's the last week in July. They complain about it forever, but it's between baseball and when football starts. I make everyone go. We eat every meal together every single day. And they, you know, when they're like 12, 12 13, like, oh, need, everyone else is going with their friends. Now that they're 21, they're always like, where are we going next year? I'm like, oh, well, you can only imagine. So the other thing to understand is that you're going to be presented with obstacles constantly. I'm too stressed. I got this. Even roses and thorns. We do it now. If you guys ever see my kids in an airport, go, oh yeah, come here. Roses and thorns, they're going to mm. Right now, you'll ask them, all right, roses and thorns. They go, oh, what was your rose? They'll go, nothing. 
what was your thorn? Your question. And I go, ha ha ha. <laughs> and they go, okay. But they have to play. And they'll go, okay. This is what happened today. And as a parent, I'll tell you, it's some of your favorite stuff. Even if it's something simple, whatever it is, um, it's often fun. And I screwed up more than anybody. But like when you get a teenage daughter talking at dinner and she's rolling, as a dad, I'm always like, you know what you should do? My wife will kick me and go, we have a teenager talking. Stop it. You know, so like, <laughs> so, um, you know, our whole goal with this is, you know, we, we deal with a lot. I think this profession is amazing. And if you're a dentist listening right now, you never bargain for how physically, emotionally stressful dentistry was going to be at this point in your career. You're 15 years in. You never thought, yeah, it was going to be this stressful. No, it is a physical sport that's emotionally and spiritually draining at times. And you got to find a way to refill the bucket. And a lot of it is going to have to be with your personal rituals, whether it be exercise, whether they be dinner, whether they be when you finish, when you start. Bill Robbins, if you're listening, God bless you. He, he's like, Kirk, you got to start doing meditation. I've never done it. He's like, no, it's so good because you still your mind. We have people that do yoga. And I've had dentist after dentist say, you know, you could add 10 years to any dentist career just by doing yoga. Whatever it is, figure out what would make your favorite week. I hope if I get you on this podcast and I go, tell me about your week, you go, oh, it's awesome. Not the other side of it go, oh, it's not great. So tell yourself a great story about your life and your rituals and what you do. And at the most part, like I'm excited about my days. I'm getting older. I don't have the attention span I used to have. So I can't do difficult stuff at the end of the day. These guys know they can't ask me a question at two or three o'clock in the afternoon because it'll be like, you know, so. (laughs) But uh, any last thoughts you guys have, Courtney, Gina, on the power of rituals or exercise time or self-care? I I just think self-care in whatever form that looks like for you, if it's reading, if it's walking, if it's fitness, if it's family time, whatever that looks like, make time for it. If you can't figure that out, we can help you figure out how to put that as a, as a priority so that you can be present in what you do, be present for those who depend on you and just be, be present for yourself. It's so important to carve the time out make it a ritual, make it a habit, make it repeatable so that your days are just better and better. Yeah. I, you guys have heard me say time is the new rich. I don't care how much people make anymore. I don't care what they produce. I don't care how gorgeous your cases are. I mean, it's all fun to talk about, but at the end of the day, it's the dentists that I talk to that have control of their time. The dentists in this world and team members that have control of their time are the wealthiest people anywhere. And so a great lesson, if you're a dentist listening, figure out how many days you work. The average dentist, depending on who you listen to, works 209 days a year, according to the ADA. Our clients, our best ones, top 10% work about 172 days a year. So you don't want to be working more days. I hope you make more money and you have more life at the end of the day, but you got to take care of yourself so you have more to give. So Gina, what are your last thoughts on self-care and rituals? Beautifully said, both of you. I think my biggest piece, which I always have to work on is holding myself accountable to that ritual, you know, carve out the time. And if it's really hard, just do a little bit of those atomic habit style, plug it in here, plug it in there, but just keep yourself accountable to whatever it is that you're passionate about for your self-care 
and it'll get easier. You're just going to keep stacking that habit and then you're going to be able to organize your life to hold yourself accountable and prioritize yourself. You're going to love yourself for it. So well said. You just wedge these habits. You put them in there. And, you know, just like a dentist, it changes ours. We have dentists come in here and go, oh, I see patients till six. Then we make them not do that anymore. And they go, gosh, my practice didn't die at all. I got busier, you know? So now you're wedging night. I'm like, you got three more hours a day. You could do a lot with three more hours a day. You could be a better person. You could sleep better. You could feel better. So make sure you get control of your time. And when you don't, you don't feel like you can, that's when you reach out to somebody to help you be accountable. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for being on. That was so fun. Yeah, oh. that was fun. <laughs> oh, that was so cool. Stick around when we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening or watching The Best Practices Show. I hope you enjoyed today. And I hope you start stacking some habits, putting in some rituals, find, making time not trying to find time so that you can take better care of yourself and be better for the others around you. Promise you, if you try it, it works and you'll like it. You'll like who you are. You'll get feedback from other people that say you should drink decaf and you'll go, okay, great. So, <laughs> but uh, as always, hope you guys are enjoying this. Hope you're getting a lot on the podcast. Keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see until we see you guys next time. Keep watching the best practice show. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.